Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to a brand new episode of paratruth radio my name is justin and i'm eric and we are back for another great episode i think that uh you guys will find this interesting but uh before we get started um make sure you like share subscribe no matter where you're at make sure you're sharing with friends and family uh we do appreciate all of the support that we get from our listeners and uh we want our listenership to grow as well. So uh, definitely help us out and get that done as well as all of the different shows on new lantern media. Um, I guess we'll start out like this. How's your week been so far, Eric? Uh, so far it's been all right. I mean, it kind of just started work wise. So unfortunately I woke up this morning thinking I was halfway through the work week, but it's only my second day and I've got six days total to go. So <laughs> <sighs> a little bummed, but it's all right. <laughs> Other than that, it's going fine. How about yours? Eh, uh, about the same. I, I mean, I don't have a long work week like you do, but uh, been doing a lot of different things with uh, getting more writing done and working on the Businessman Writers Guild nonprofit stuff and all that. So I've been pretty busy, but. Interestingly enough, I had time to do some research on this topic that I thought we could touch base on today. Um, it was an article that Eric found, so Eric, uh, just wanted you to start out with it and tell us this article that you had come across. Yeah, so I mean, this article, you know, I think a lot of us get these little blips on our phones where it suggests articles and things like that. And this mm -hmm. one happened to pop up for me uh, is from SmithsonianMag.com. Smithsonian Magazine is probably a really good option if you're looking to learn history and stuff like that for the obvious reasons. Uh, but nonetheless, this one popped up and I thought it was really interesting. And the title was simply that scientists discover oldest known human grave in Africa. Now, the grave that they ended up finding was of a toddler who was between two and a half and three years old. Uh, and it was found dug in a grave that's now recognized as this oldest human, uh, oldest known human burial in Africa, which is roughly 78,000 years old, which is a really long time, uh, especially considering that depending on what side of the argument you are on in regards to the creation of humanity, which is pretty much what we're talking about here today, uh, you're either looking at somewhere between a several million years 
basically, that humans existed in some nature or some way, uh, or even as little as 10,000 years, which is more of the biblical side of things. Uh, so the fact that there here is a human remain that goes back to 78,000 years, well, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the details on that are a little odd because carbon dating tends to be very hit or miss in many cases. Uh, so there's a lot of dating in that case. So this 78,000 could be much younger or much older, uh, but in reality, the 78,000 is the best guesstimate that we're coming with, uh, coming up with, or that these scientists are coming up with. Now, <clears throat> this particular article just kind of goes on a little bit about that, and then also talks about many of the other burials that they found within Africa and surrounding areas. And what's most important or interesting about this that Justin and I had talked about was the idea that basically humanity may have originated in Africa, which makes this finding so much more interesting. Uh, because if that is the case, well, we could be very well getting closer to the actual uh, very first burial ever recorded or unrecorded in human history. How far back does that go? Well, we can speculate, but in Till we actually have an answer, which I doubt we will, considering uh, how old the Earth tends to be. We'll see. Right. Well, uh, I I found this interesting too because we have different types of humans throughout history. We have uh, Neanderthals, which were cave dwellers. Uh, we have Homo erectus, which were the hunter gatherer types. Um, there have been other chains in in the what I guess we could reference as the uh, evolution of humanity, at least according to Darwin. But uh, as I was reading through this, if and correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but they did come to the conclusion that this was a Homo sapien, correct? Correct. Uh, so as far as we know, this is 100, you know, this is a human, a human being uh, of some sort that we know today that maybe. we know today. Um, now, what's important to recognize here is Justin said there were various types. You can call them races or most likely species of humanity, which is a weird thing to think of, uh, considering we nowadays are just all one species, right? Human mm. beings. Uh, but most scientists currently recognize somewhere between 15 and 20 different species of early humans, uh, which is really strange. And of course, you have the <clears throat> your typical belief system, if you, if you follow Darwin's, Darwinism, is that we developed from a various type of ape. It could be a gorilla or maybe an ape that no longer exists anymore, uh, which would make more sense if evolution in that spectrum actually exists. Because the idea of, for example, being uh, us evolu evolving from a gorilla, such as, let's say, a silverback, just for the heck of it, right? Uh, there should be some transfer, some some in between stage, uh, either buried or even currently in existence where that evolution hasn't fully taken form. So we should basically have gorillas, a half gorilla, half human, and then humans. But unfortunately, despite what some scientists claim, 
there's no real evidence that supports there's any connection between apes and humans other than some physical aspects. But when you actually look at the bones, uh, the actual fossils, they're two very different species. Uh, there's nothing that's been like, oh, here is this trans half transformed creature, right? Mm -hmm. uh, which is really weird. So again, a lot of this is very much up to speculation and if they're gonna hear arguments on either side as to why evolution exists, it doesn't exist and whether there's macro evolution or micro evolution, uh, all stuff basically that gives us headaches. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, but, but yeah, you know, there, there's a belief in Darwinism that we evolved from either a single type of ape or multiple types of apes, which is why there could be several species of humanity uh, saying, for example, maybe we, some of us developed from chimpanzees while others were maybe uh, developed from baboons and others from gorillas or some other type of uh, ape-like creature, you know? So that's one thing to consider. Right. Well, I decided to kind of dig into this a little bit as far as uh, Africa being the, the birthplace of humanity, because I've, I have actually heard it before. I'm sure plenty of people have heard this theory before. Uh, but uh, so I, as I dug, I, I found another article from Smitho SmithsonianMag.com um, talking about uh, how Africa became the cradle of humankind. And it talks about how Darwin in 1871, in his book, The Descent of Man, uh, like you said, Eric, speculated about possibly uh, evolving from two closest living relatives, chimpanzees and gorillas. Uh, however, he also noted a large extinct ape once lived in Europe millions of years ago, leaving plenty of time for our earliest ancestors to migrate to Africa. So from that, uh, by the early 20th century, the world's leading anatomists thought that they knew the answer that humans originally came about in Europe or Asia. Uh, we had the Neanderthals that were found in Europe. Uh, we had Java Man, who was Homo erectus, found in Indonesia. Uh, apparently, I didn't know this, but there was this uh, human descendant called Pilt down men that actually was later exposed as a hoax, uh, unearthed in in England, which by that knowledge alone kind of trumps this whole whole thing about trying to determine where humanity came from and, and basing it in Europe, um, because we had to try and hoax this whole thing. Uh, but in nineteen twenty four. There was a fossil discovered in South Africa that challenged the Eurasian viewpoint. And it was discovered by Raymond Dart, who was uh, a Australian-born anatomist working at the University of Witwatersrand uh, in Johansenburg. I hope I did not completely butcher that. Um, and in the fall of 1924, uh, he was preparing to attend a wedding when uh, two boxes of rocks blasted from limestone quarry near the town of Tong were discovered at his house. Uh, over the ob objections of his wife, Dart undressed from his formal wear and started looking through the rocks and found a fossilized mold of a brain. Now, this brain was special in the fact that the, the 
mold showed folds and what we know of the human brain today. It it showed the folds and stuff where I'm assuming previous uh, theories were that, that like from Neanderthal and uh, Homo erectus, there wasn't as many folds as, as there are in the human brain right now. This article doesn't go into that, so that's why I'm saying I'm assuming. Uh, so it's after finding that, that's where it really all came down to uh, that that we were, were looking deeper into is Africa the home of humanity? And looking through this other article that you came across and, and then digging into the, the other Smithsonian Magazine article, I, I was kind of on both sides, really. Uh, I'm not really sure where we came from, but it, it does raise a very good question, especially because this one that the the skeleton that was found in this article that you found dates back 78,000 years. Um, the Tong one, I'm not sure if they really got an actual date um, as far as when it doesn't look like this article shows if there was an actual date that this uh, Tong child was kind of from but if they're saying that this skeleton from 78,000 years ago is the oldest known now i mean that well the skeleton really says a lot the skeleton isn't stated as being the oldest skeleton found it's stated as being the oldest burial uh in african oh okay in africa uh so the burial itself human burial is 78,000 they didn't discuss how old the bone itself is, but the if the burial is 78,000, okay. we're assuming that the bones must be 78,000 as well. Um, right. If or I'm not mistaken, close. there is uh, various fossils that date humans back to a couple of million years. Um, now, again, I don't know. Again, this could, this all comes down to carbon dating, and carbon dating is really weird. Uh, like, it's just a strange thing. I've learned about it when I was in school, and... Clearly, I'm stumbling over words because it doesn't always make sense. But the fact is that <laughs> carbon dating isn't the most accurate type of dating, though it's more accurate than other types of dating. Uh, and the issue with it is that you basically have two or three different types of dating when it comes to fossils. Um, and each one claims to be more accurate than the other. And the problem is that one will create a half-life. In this case, carbon dating creates a half-life of whatever the object is, giving you an approximate uh, value of the age, while another one will give you a total year of age. But both are, again, approximate values. And when you test and retest, you would most likely get different results each time. So much of this testing would have to be done on several occasions over a period of time to see which result comes up the most frequently. And then you could base your judgment on that. So if say you do four testings and you get 78,000 years, uh, 13,000 years, 100,000 years, and then 78,000 years, well, you got 78,000 years twice. There's a good assumption over four tests that maybe it has to be 78,000 years. That would be the best option in that case. Uh, but that's how this kind of works. So testing is a little weird. 
and it's marginal. Right. Well, looking through all this, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, whether both humanity and Earth really are as old as we are being told it is or, or what the belief system is from other perspectives. Um, right. it, with the different types of humanity that there are out there, like we suggested, uh, Neanderthal, Homo erectus, uh, and Homo sapiens, um, I, I think that it really points to that, yes, there might be a similarity by these different types of humans. But like you had pointed out earlier, there is no, we still have not discovered that 100% missing link right. between humans, human sa uh, homo sapiens, and going all the way back to what Darwin is talking about, us evolving from apes. Right. See, and the idea, uh, if you're believing in Darwin, Darwinism, or even if you don't believe in Darwinism, uh, you would think that if evolution was real, then at some point in the geological record, we would find that transition, several transitions for that matter, of whatever the animal is. It could be ape to human, or it could be, uh, you know, sea creature to land creature, you know, something like that. But we only ever see sea creature and fossils of land creatures. We see fossils of apes and we see fossils of humans, but nothing in between. And so one of two things have to happen. Either A, evolution doesn't exist, or B, evolution happened way faster than anyone could possibly imagine. But if that's the case, then you'd have to think there's something more involved possibly than just simple scientific explanation or natural evolution because uh, evolution takes a very long time even when you look back to the 1950s to 2021 and see the evolution that happened there that's still a course of many 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 years uh, in that time period a lot of people died and so if evolution took that long we should be able to see even just that long, we should still be able to see some sort of transition uh, within the, the geological record or within the fossil record. Um, but that's not happening. So it's, it's questionable. Well, but there would be those that speculate too, though, that uh, let's take the Bible just a, as a point of reference okay. that um, humanity if we're talking from a evolution standpoint, humanity would have jumped that bounds from animal to human, even though the Bible obviously does not reference God picked up a monkey and turned it into a man. Um, but there, there, I've heard the speculations that evolution can be justified by biblical text because what we see as humans becoming human and sentient um, could have been what humans were explaining evolution as through religious text. God obviously in in the Bible, he picks up earth and, and forms man, right? 
basically right. is well, what it's so in the obviously in, in the very first chapter of Genesis, you're going you basically start off with creation and it's the creation of all things, and each uh paragraph is a new creation, and it's gonna be not necessarily in this order, but you know, it's gonna be the earth, the waters, the skies. Uh, you're gonna have the animals, well, actually the plants first, then the animals, and so on and so forth, till you get the humans. Uh, now, with that said, there's actually one interesting thing that supports both a biblical theory and a scientific non-biblical theory, and that is that the Earth is both multi-millions of years old and also ten thousand years old. But to put it more in in a different context. Earth is a multi-million-year-old object, while humanity is much younger. Maybe not necessarily 10,000 years, if this burial ground really goes to 78,000 years, but still much younger than the Earth. Um, so for all we know, the animals, like, put it this way, there's, in Genesis, we talk about on the first day, God created, on the second day, God created, so on and so forth, till the seventh day, Right seventh day God rested. So there's six days of creation and one day that God rested. What we don't know is whether those days are 24 hour periods or whether they were thousands of years, couple years, couple days, couple hours. We don't really know. We just know that there was day one, then day two, then day three. That's where speculation comes in because people who are strong biblical followers uh, understand God's power and that he could create everything in a matter of a day you know, or less. And he purposely put day one as the earth and day two as the separation between waters and, and the sky, you know, the, the filaments and so on and so forth. So either way you look at it, there's a good chance at least that animals, since we're talking about evolution, uh, existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years prior to humanity. And when God decided, I'm going to create something in my image, he created humans so many hundreds of years after animals were created, which is why we have dinosaurs and possibly dinosaurs are part of that creation process. It doesn't go into detail as to which animals he created, just that he created animals of the sea and animals of the land. That's all we know. Uh, but, you know, again, there is... Uh, there are various renderings on cave walls that depict humans with dinosaur-like creatures. Uh, we see depictions of humans with uh, triceratops and various types of stegosauruses. Uh, so there's this belief or understanding that maybe, unless it was simply a creative drawing, a some sort of uh, way to inspire humanity at the time, uh, maybe dinosaurs roamed the earth when humans did. There's even a fossil, whether or not the fossil is real, there's been speculation uh, where there is a dinosaur footprint and right over top of that is a human footprint and that they are both uh, carbon dated or at least dated to the same time period, meaning that they existed together. On the flip side, whether that's real or not, some of these drawings could be that humans, early humans found skeletal remains of these dinosaurs and they were digging them and, you know, doing, doing everything that we do today in science and then depicting those images. Like these are the creatures and this is us with this dinosaur, you know? So again, it's all very much, unfortunately, speculation, theory, hypothesis. 
Um, and when it comes down to it, just simple belief. Mm-hmm. Right. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor. And every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. All right. Well, I guess now that I... I reread the the title and you corrected me as far as <laughs> this article uh it's, it's interesting because it it clearly states homo sapien seventy eight thousand years uh where this grave would have been created which obviously if this child was buried seventy eight thousand years ago the that that body has to be seventy eight thousand years old or Right. A little bit more seeing as it, it, it would was... have been living for a little bit. But well, yeah. um, I mean, you, if you figure if it's 78,000 years old, then the child must be 78,000 and two and a half or three. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's got to be one of those. Um, But uh, I, I think that's kind of where this really puts uh, that human homo sapien is way older than what some people think. I, I mean, not everybody believes the the million year old uh, theory. No, not everyone believes the ten thousand year old theory. Um, but to to have that particular piece of evidence, uh, even though trying to date something, as you said, is very hard and speculative at, at best for the most part. Um, that I, I mean, I, I really truly believe that humans are way older than we, we really believe, Homo sapiens, anyways. Um, right. So to have this little little nugget of information is super fascinating, and, and that's why I really wanted to dig a little bit because, as far as we know, we're not really sure where the whole burying the dead started, either. Right. I mean, as far as I can find in my, re- my research scientifically, uh, there's no real understanding other than except via biblically, which is from dust to dust and the idea that humanity was created from dust and therefore to dust you should return. So it only makes sense to bury them. Plus, there are a lot of religious practices, and that's most likely where burials came into play. Uh, was that it was more so a religious practice, uh, returning them to the ground so that they can enter Sheol and then eventually rise into heaven, whatever that heaven might be, uh, or simply just live out the rest of their afterlife, either in existence or completely out of it, depending on the religion and the belief. Um, you know, one thing that is actually really interesting because we, we, we were talking about, you know, we're talking about evolution. There is this obvious big giant line between two types of people and that is people who believe that humanity evolved without any guidance from god whatsoever and that god doesn't even exist for that matter uh while the other half uh basically believes that maybe god created man and that was that period 
it was all through God. There's yet another side of it, though, that where people believe that humans evolved with the guidance of God. Uh, and in that case, it could have been a slow process of evolution while God guided that evolution uh, accordingly, however that might be. But I did come across a poll. There was a uh, question that was uh, brought up. This comes from news.gallup.com. And uh, back in September of 2005, Gallup actually altered a couple of questions that they asked previously, which the previous questions were, uh, which of the following statements come closest to your views on the origin and development of human beings? One, human beings have developed over millions of years from less advanced life forms, but guided by God in the process. Two, Human beings have developed over millions of years from less advanced life forms, but with no part from God uh, in process. Or three, that God created human beings pretty much in their present form at one time within the last 10,000 years or so. Again, jumping back to this child who was found 78,000 years ago, homo sapien, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were us. It doesn't mean that we were... Uh, you know, the, the bones might look the same. They might have the same whatever, but there could have been other aspects to the child uh, physically in appearance. Mm -hmm. You know, think, for example, Neanderthals who uh, very much looked human-like and their skeletons might be slightly different, but yet very similar to Homo sapiens. Uh, in fact, some people even believe that the elusive Bigfoot might actually be one of these Neanderthal uh, people that still exists today and didn't evolve because maybe evolution doesn't exist. Maybe it's just these multiple types of species and some outlived others, uh, mm -hmm. us being one of them. But with that said, in 2005, this, this particular question was asked in, uh, what does it say? I think it was 2004. So a year later, they asked the same question and they altered the words a little bit, but still basically the same. And I thought this was interesting because between September 8th and 11th of 2005, uh, they took a poll of Americans who believed in one of these three things. So the first one was uh, that 31% of, um, of people, of Americans, believe that humans evolved guided by God. 12% believe that God had no part in evolution but that we evolved anyway. And 53% looks like uh, believe that man, humans were created exactly as the Bible describes it, period. Uh, while 1% say otherwise and 3% say no opinion. What's interesting about it is that the majority of Americans here believe, that's 47%, by the way, overall, uh, that humans are created per how the biblically, how the Bible says it, which means half of Americans believe otherwise, um, which is weird to me. Um, <clears throat> and it's also surprising because I actually wouldn't have guessed that 47% of the total would actually believe that we were created per how the Bible says. Uh, with only 36% believing that we were created without the help of God. I would have expected vice versa. 
but interesting facts. I mean, again, that's data from 2005. And from what I can tell, there hasn't been any other data really recorded since 2005. Um, but it looks like over the couple of years prior, those, those percentages changed slightly uh, one way or the other, but that it also always kind of remained the same. So there was always more people who believed that God created us in present form while a lesser percentage believed otherwise. Uh, Aldo, what do you think about that? Um, well, I'm kind of one of the ones that fall somewhere in the middle. N not, not really that uh, God guided us through evolution, but I believe humans were have gone through evolutions, plural, over time. Um, not necessarily the leap and bounds from ape to man, like Darwin had suggested, but I believe we were placed here whether that was by a sentient spiritual being that we call God. There's been speculation that uh, the Anunnaki placed humans that we know today here to mine gold for them. Uh, not what I believe, by the way, but there's well, that theory out Anunnaki there. Anunnaki was one of the species of humanity. It could be. There are 15 to 20 species. I mean, right. It's possible. It could be. Um, and, and it just because, let's say the Anunnaki created us, that still doesn't mean that there's not a god out there that created them. Right. Um, but uh, I that that's kind of where I fall. Yes, I believe in evolution. I don't believe in the evolution of ape to man. I I believe that we've gone through evolutions of uh how our brain has changed over the however long we've been on this planet. Um, I, I believe that over time, our bodies have evolved to help us with the different changes of the earth that have gone on over the the different years that we've been here. But I also believe we were placed here. It doesn't mean by what, don't know for sure. I, I believe in God, and I believe that we were placed here by God, uh, but you see where I'm going. It's kind of a oh, conflicting yeah. argument for me. <laughs> it, it, no, yeah, it, it totally makes I have sense. Both. And, and, and I completely understand that. And for me, it's, it's similar. Um, but it, it, what's hard for me to understand from uh, the aspect of other belief systems is I, I think what you're trying to get at is you believe to some extent that humans are here for a reason. We didn't just slowly develop over time. There's, there's gotta be more to it. Right. Right. Because, you know, without God in existence, whoever that might be to you, I mean, obviously, we all know that for me, it's biblical, it's Jesus, uh, you know, period. But regardless of who God is to you, uh, that God creates a purpose for you. It, it's a purpose driven life, as many of us have all heard that term before. Uh, without God in existence, without there being a creator or someone, you know, watching from above, if you will, what is the point? What is the point of life? What is the point of uh, being good? What is the point of bad? Why do we have convictions? What is the point of conviction? Like mm -hmm. there's this pyramid that just slowly starts to crumble in on itself without God supporting it um, or without a higher power supporting it. Because if we just are, then all the laws are just human laws. That's right. it. And therefore can be disregarded as being nothing but a bunch of gibberish. And it's up to every single person's right 
to do what they want to do whenever they want to do it, no matter how good or evil that thing is. But the fact is, or at least what I believe in my opinion, is that all of the convictions of humankind and all the laws of humankind were descended upon us through a higher being, a higher power that provided us with these laws saying, this is how you should treat one another. You should love one another. Don't commit murder. Don't steal. Don't covet, you know, things like that. These are rules that are biblical rules that we still follow in the via the government and various human laws by nature, you know, both in a political and a side of things, but also just in regular human nature, like your own convictions. I mean, how many of us do something and realize, wow, that didn't feel so good. <laughs> like I probably shouldn't have did that or said that or whatever. It's there. Right. And that conviction just can't really exist without there being a power above us. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting. It's, it's just, it's an odd thing to really think about. And then to think like there's people that actually just don't, don't believe it, you know, <laughs> and yet they think there's a reason, like that there's a purpose. I don't, I don't know. Um, right. an, another thing that I did notice that I find cross paths, again, going along with this idea of creation and evolution is of course, where exactly humans were, I guess, created or developed or originated. We've already talked about Africa being that ori- that or- originator, right? Being the nation mm. of, of uh, human origin. That is both scientific and biblical. And people might argue a little bit as to why it's not biblical. Because, well, put it this way. So according to uh, news.sky.com, a study provides, there is a study that provides a window into the first 100,000 years of history of modern humans. The real, we've all heard the term, Garden of Evil, Garden of Evil, oh God, <laughs> Garden of Eden uh, has been traced to the African nation of Botswana. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I hope. Yep, you got uh, it. According to a major study of DNA, now scientists believe that our ancestral homeland is south of Zambezi, of Zambezi River in the country's north. Uh, so here we're talking about Botswana, and this is, of course, southern country of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, now, biblically speaking, where is the Garden of Eden located according to the Bible? Well, among scholars who consider it to have been real, there have been various suggestions for its location. But the one that's most prominent, of course, is at the head of the Persian Gulf in southern Mesopotamia, which is now Iraq, where the Tigris and Euphrates rivers run into the sea and in Armenia. Now, how is it that, you know, I I had said earlier, I think these two lines cross each other because even though one's in Iraq, modern day Iraq, and the other's in Africa, we tend to look at this from a modern standpoint because when you look at a map of Africa and therefore of the East as well, for that matter, uh, you do notice that Iraq isn't part of Africa, right? It's the middle, middle East. It's not Africa, but that's because we're looking at it from a modern map. Now there was a belief that all the continents were merged. And when you look at Iraq and it's, surrounding countries 
uh, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Jordan, Oman, you know, all those places. Um, and then you look at Africa and you see how there's this, the Red Sea basically in between it. If you look at the outline of Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia and Yemen, and then you look at the outline of Africa on the opposite side of the sea, they match identically, which means at some point the continents were tied as one. They were together as one, which means that it's very likely at one point Africa and the Middle East were one nation, at least one continent, I should say. And therefore, Iraq would have been most likely part of what is modern day Africa. And so there's a good, strong argument here that Iraq and obviously Botswana, both being in Africa, that both the biblical aspect or belief in Eden and the scientific belief in Eden are both in conjunction. They're both in Africa. They're they both, both right, right. Now, one is south and one is more north. And there can be, you know, there's all kinds of details about that, obviously, that we I don't understand. I haven't gotten into the information, all the details about it. Uh, but I think the strong thing is here that, yeah, it looks like both religiously and scientifically, we originated from Africa. Right. Well, and if you look, if you look at it from a biblical standpoint, uh, there's the, the, I honestly don't know what book it's in, but the talk of, about Babylon and how God, uh, at the tower of Babel and how God had separated hum humanity into to the seven winds, uh, made them speak different languages and not be able to understand each other. If you look at it from a scientific standpoint, that could be when Pangaea separated into the different continents as well. Right. It very well could have been. And that was uh, the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 11, um, where that whole story of the Tower of Babel uh, was discussed or told. And I completely agree with you. I mean, there are, and that's the one thing that I think a lot of um biblical scholars try to argue is that there are a lot of links between the biblical uh, symbolism and the actual history of mm -hmm. humanity. They interconnect and there's more and more archeological digs that are proving that the Bible is actually historically accurate, despite it seeming seemingly, uh, or despite it seeming to be contradictive in some cases, uh, there are plenty of moments where some of those contradictory uh, his, historical events in the Bible have turned out to be not as contradictory as we believed only because we right. dig up something that proves otherwise. And it's like, Oh, right. They no longer contradict. Um, so, and I think it, it, it's one thing to understand too, is that I think humanity has this myself included. Uh, we had this uh, ability to put ourselves above our own self and everyone else thinking that we know better. Uh, and when it comes to things like the Bible, and in that case, just about anything for that matter, uh, we think to know more and understand more than we really do. Like you can't read a Bible, the Bible in one day and believe you know everything. Like it's not going to happen. There's so many things Like even when I reread passages, I've read through the entire book. I'll reread passages five, six, seven, eight times over a course of a year or two and suddenly at the 10th time I read it, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that before. Well, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, and that's just how it works. That's it. That's just the Bible. That's any book. You could reread uh, uh, 
you know, even a novel of some sort, right? You read it one time and you read it a second time and the second time is better because it makes more sense to you. You're following it because you understand the story. And the more you understand it, the better understanding you have of it. Uh, and then you could better, you know, determine what is right, what is wrong, what's real, what what isn't, uh, what's fact right. and what is in fact, you know. I mean, the same could probably be said about watching movies several times sure. over too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So. All right, folks, uh, we're about around that spot to take our break. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio. We've been talking about the origins of humanity. Um, we're going to take a quick break uh, here, Eric's Random Fact today, and we will be right back with Paratruth Radio. Now, Eric's Random Fact of the Day. When humans feel guilty, it is not unlikely for us to say sorry. However, did you know that Canadians say sorry so often that in most Canadian provinces and territories, with the exception of Quebec and Yukon, have now adopted apology legislation? That's right. This legislation passed in 2009, and it typically provides that an apology does not constitute an admission of fault or liability, and therefore must not be taken into consideration in determining a fault or liability. This was Eric's random fact of the day. Hey everyone, I'm Kat Ward, host of Paranormal Heart. Join me on the second and last Sunday of each month as I speak to people who share their paranormal experiences. We talk about ghosts, cryptids, aliens and UFOs, and so much more. You can follow me on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and any place you find fine podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we have been talking about the evolution of humanity and everything that really exists within the idea of evolution of humanity. <laughs> uh, or lack of evolution of humanity, depending on how you really want to, con- I don't know, however you want to take this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in evolution? Do you not? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it, it, we've been talking a lot just not only on humanity itself, but the origins of humanity, the evolution of humanity, um, really the traces between biblical and scientific uh, studies and how they interlink and also, of course, how they don't really link at all. Uh, and on probably one of the most mind boggling ones for me is the whole idea of dating something. Um not talking about that guy or girl down the street i'm talking about carbon dating um (laughs) but you know Uh, for a second i was gonna say like are are we talking about a man dating an ape and that's where humans (laughs) came from or what are we talking about mules (laughs) a horse that dated a donkey evolution right there it's possible i mean maybe something like crazy like that happened you never know um right 
you know, it, it's obviously it's one of those things though, because again, there's 15 to 20 species that scientists believe existed of, of human beings. Um, and the one thing that when it comes to quote unquote crossbreeding is that you have to have similar genetics to whatever it is that is crossbreeding. So something right. like a donkey and a horse that come from the same family uh, per se can create a mule. Something like a dog and a wolf could create a type of coyote or hybrid, you know, things like that. You, you get those kind of things, but doing something like I'm go crazy, like a fish and a bear, you're not going to get a bear fish. I wish. It'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that would oh, explain yeah, some of the, uh... the ocean today. <laughs> That would explain some of the 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 uh, creatures from legend and some of the cryptids it, that it we know would. today. It really would. It really would. Here's the thing. Okay, this is way off topic because now that you brought that up, what if these creatures of legend that we've talked about in the past, all these cryptids were actually just scientific experiments created by older humans, humans that maybe had more knowledge and understanding than what we do now, maybe pre-flood? I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, there's been that speculation that uh, from from the Christian side that uh, the fallen angels mixed the DNAs of a horse and and a human, and that's where you get a centaur or you know, you know that type of thing. But maybe we had that technology back then, and the the whole reason uh, the flood happened or or whatever is because. Uh, God's like, you're trying to be me. Stop it. Right. And we're going to wipe you away and start fresh again. Right. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, we talked about a lot in this short hour already. Um, I mean, do you have any, well, first of all, do you want to, is there anything else you want to cover? Anything else you wanted to bring up or talk about? Um, just when you brought this to me, it, it, brought back the um this story that was a few years ago now about a uh this alien or, or uh skeleton of of a, something that wasn't human uh because it was very small uh it was a mummified skeleton that was discovered in uh, chile's atacama desert and uh people were speculating well what could this be because uh, it's very, uh, deformed looking, uh, is it a type of alien? Could it be a fairy or a pixie of some kind or, or something? Um, so it, it really re reminded me of this. It, it has no, com uh, relation whatsoever to what we're actually discussing, which is the, the birthplace of humanity. But it kind of reminded me of this because there's all the speculation about these different types of skeletons that we're actually finding now. Um, I mean, there is that spec this speculation that we're finding uh, giant remains as well, but there's also this speculation that the Smithsonian uh, is trying to cover it all up, and there there really is no uh, giant bones. But regardless, this is what really reminded me. Uh, uh, it reminded me of because they were doing similar things genetic testing, carbon dating, trying to figure out what this thing was and how old it was. Um, but they speculated that it was actually of a child from six to eight years old. Um, when they were doing all these testings, it was 
uh, they were really trying to determine if was this thing human because it is very odd that you would find these these bones that are very very small and it still be a human being. Uh, they did finally determine that it it was human. Um, I don't know if they actually finally decided on an age, but it was suffering from a very severe form of dwarfism. Um, and that it, there was then this whole speculation too, well, how could this, this, for lack of a better word, thing, but person, um, be human and, and be that small and, and still be living? Um this person would not have been living a very good life from the deformities that you see from the skeleton. Um, it, you can just tell that they would have been constantly in pain, probably brain not developed the way it should be. Um, but I don't know why, but it, it just, when you brought this article to me, it kind of reminded me of this because we are finding more and more, uh, anomalous skeletons in history and that even just raises even more questions as to where where humans came from and if there really are these giant bones being discovered like a lot of people believe that that puts a lot of speculation into the different types of humans there are like we talked about earlier as well Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you're right. You're absolutely right. But um, well, so when when we go back to what the original topic was about, after going through this research, and uh, as we've kind of speculated some stuff here and talked about biblically what what could have happened um in in your opinion do you think that humanity could have originated in africa like the garden of eden or or even just whatever uh uh area in africa, you can think period. of yeah yeah i mean yeah absolutely i mean i don't i don't think there's on my side at least in my own opinion i don't think there's much uh speculation that it would have began anywhere else um it, it would make sense that scientifically we're looking at dna that transfers you know we're going back hundred thousand years mm. um and that dna traces back to south africa and biblically we're being traced back historically to north africa uh so i mean with those two again it's one of those things where when science and religion basically marry on a subject matter they're more or less the same answer that's something that i that i'm all for i can just say okay yeah i i believe it because mm. they're both the same you know i mean obviously the exact location the precise location is different but right. that's not that big of a deal to me like who knows if even all that dna that who says south africa is even correct and who knows if north africa is correct uh per the bible i mean nobody really knows but the fact that we're seeing Africa that would make sense to me as well, being that Africa is in a location, a climate that would allow uh, the development of so many things, not just 
uh, a place for humanity to prosper, but for animals, for luscious lands, uh, plenty of food, uh, things like that. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. that humanity would have started in the north, like far north, nor far south, or creation for that matter, just too cold. It couldn't thrive in those locations. But being somewhere where it, life in general could thrive, Africa, South Africa, North Africa, Mid-Africa, you know, somewhere in those areas, basically Africa, is a good place. And so I think mm-hmm. both scientifically, biblically, and logically, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I've, I've thought that for a while now after reading through the different articles that I have in the past and, and reading through, through these now, especially with the fact that uh, 78,000 years ago, there was a burial in, in this cave where apparently it was kind of common from that time point uh, to have burials in this cave that uh, I, I think that it kind of, leads you even more to, to that, that belief as well. So, um, but, uh, I, I, then you kind of run into this whole speculation. Well, why are there white people and why are there black people and why are there, there Asian people and stuff like that? And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get how people can come to that thought process. But if you, let's say, for example, we all started as, as, I should say brown people, not black people, brown people. Um, if if the world had changed and people migrated north, east, and west, then from different vantage points of the earth, the skin pigment would have changed. If it was, you're not getting a whole lot of sun anymore, you became a lot lighter. If you are seeing some sun, but not as much sun as there is in Africa, then you're going to kind of be in between. So I think from a scientific standpoint, even it still kind of makes sense because we would still have seen this, what I would call evolution of humanity because of the separation in climate. Right. And, I mean, for that, for that matter. Um, and, and I think that's certainly a possibility, a, a type of microevolution, if you will. Um, and the idea behind melanin, which is, of course, the, the substance or, or the natural pigment, basically, of one's skin uh, right. or hair and so on and so forth. But in this case, it's usually uh, the skin, natural skin pigment uh, is known as melanin, uh, can actually differ depending on what you're eating as well. So if you're True, eating yeah. a lot of fish, for example, uh, fish tends to have a substance within it that actually creates more melanin within the body to be produced, which can cause darker skin. And if you cut back on that fish, you, your skin might actually lighten up. Uh, so there are even dietary, uh, reasons behind why one's skin might be darker or lighter. Uh, the other thing, though, to, to, uh, to also consider is if, uh, let's speak biblically, if there was a beginning of humanity with one man, one woman, what did that look like? I mean, was it, you know, were, were they both the same color? Was Were they two different colors? Like, how do you get that mix overall? And there's a chance Mm -hmm. that there was a mix in the first place, uh, but there's also a chance uh, and possibly even more likely that there was a, uh, a gene that was actually 
Oh, what's, there's a specific word for it. I don't want to say dormant, but there's, there's a gene that allows itself to, to, to change and manipulate itself accordingly as it's passed on. And that gene could have easily uh, created people of various skin types and very, you know, various skin types, hair types, eye types, you know, all that. And that gene as the, the, as humanity uh, populated, that gene spread out and those people groups in terms of color separated and went different ways, even with the Tower of Babel, that's why we see in various locations throughout the world, why maybe there's more, uh, you know, white people here, why there's more black people over here, why there's uh, more Indians over there. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. very, it's, you know, it, it's all almost seems segregated, unfortunately. Uh, but it's very possible that it all began with just two people and that gene that creates melanin or produces melanin just slightly tweaked via production and as that happened, we ended up with all these various skin types. Uh, I mean, who knows? Again, another type of microevolution. And that's what a microevolution really is. It's this ability to evolve on a microscopic level over time. Uh, Something like a polar bear probably just wasn't born in the polar south. It probably adapted to the climate. Same with penguins. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's possible. It's possible God just said, hey, penguins and polar bear. Boom. Antarctica. <laughs> Possibly, <laughs> you know, right. how else would they have gotten there? There's a lot of expanse of ocean, right? Unless, of course, even with Antarctica, it was merged at some point with what is it? Would you call it Pagnonia? Pangea. Pangea. Uh, you know, maybe somehow a part of it was linked that way, or they were closer together, and some of those animals were able to retreat to Antarctica. And over time, as the earth cooled, they were able to. Uh, adapt to those climates. Now we adapt on a daily basis, human humans. Microevolution is literally, uh, oh, it's raining today. I'm going to microevolve by putting this jacket on to stay warm and dry. <laughs> Boom, microevolution. I'm smart enough to, to know that, right? Um, <laughs> I know it's a stupid, stupid example, but it, it's just that silly though. It, but it's also that true. Uh, microevolution is something that is very small by nature. But when you look back on it over a course of so many years, it looks much bigger than it really was. Right. Right. All right. Anything else you wanted to, to bring up or, or mention before we head out for the evening? Nope. I think that just about covers it on my end. All right. All right, folks. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, if you agree, disagree, love to hear you guys' comments, uh, questions, because we can't do this without your help. I mean, we can talk about all the things that we want to talk about, but we want to know your thoughts too. So make sure that you're commenting wherever you listen. Um, Make sure you, like I said at the beginning, like, share, subscribe. We would love to have more people listening to Paratruth Radio, as well as all the different shows on New Lantern Media. Um, I think that's about it. So make sure that uh, you tune in next week. Same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. This is
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.